Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff, along with Eric Mokaya. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and a lot of the last week's coverage was about the Fed meeting and what the Fed ended up doing after this banking situation that we're in and the inflation readings that we had seen weeks before. So I think, as everybody probably knows, the Fed raised by a quarter of a point. Um, they signaled that they were concerned about the what was going on in the banking industry, and they were watching it closely and expected that some of that credit tightening that would come from it would ultimately work its way into the economy and perhaps make it so that they didn't have to raise rates as much as they had thought previously. So it was actually signaling a potential change in Fed policy, but also that it's too soon to tell really whether or not they'll be able to follow through on that path. Eric, any thoughts? One thing I wanted to reiterate, of course, was the fact that the Fed say that they, before their recent events, they were keen on raising rates even higher. Uh, so I think they're, they're keen to go higher, but the recent distress in the financial markets, especially with banks, has made them rethink their decision around rate increases. So I think going forward, you expect to cut rates by at least to in the fact that, okay, maybe the current rates will increases will likely be enough. So I think a lot of the market was expecting a bit, some bits, some parts of the market were expecting a rate cut. And I don't think that's in the offing going forward. Uh, but there's a lot of emphasis on the distress in the financial markets and how that will substitute definitely for rate hikes. There's different, the, the kind of distress in financial markets is so, I mean, the past weeks has expanded globally. Europe is also affected. I mean, trade suits, obviously, you know what's happening with credit suits and all. But what's your feel around maybe the US in terms of how this banking crisis is affecting the consumer? Just beyond maybe just affecting how the Fed thinks about rates and all these affecting consumers, investors, how are they thinking about all these things? Yeah, I don't know. I think what I feel the same way that the Fed did, that it's too soon to tell really what the short, medium, and long-term impacts of what happened with SVB are really going to be. I think we just went through a couple of weeks of pretty high amount of turbulence around the immediate shock of the bank run. And now we are getting to a point where the emotions are not running quite as high as they were. And maybe we'll see some stabilization. I think the fact that the Fed raised by a quarter point, but communicated their concern probably helps a lot of people feel like the worst may be over in this. But then living through the 2008 financial crisis, I know that these, hap- these things happen in waves. And so you have waves of higher emotion, then they crest and fall off. So I don't know if we'll come back with a second wave here, but yeah, I think it's just a little too soon to tell. Yeah, but I think what's clear to me from the Fed and from the regulators generally, they're saying that they're prepared to do more if necessary to backstop some of their problems that are having happening. They may go as far as sometimes they've been showing all the deposits in the system to just make sure that everything is okay with the banks. But then secondly, I think one of the things that I picked from the earnings, I mean, there are very few financials that have been reporting lately, but a few here and there. Consumers don't appear to be faced by the latest kind of bank distress situation. I'm not so sure why that is. Secondly, of course, there's a bit of flow of funds from the small banks to the big banks. So necessitating that maybe the small banks may need a little help in the short. So I don't know which ones you pick up and maybe give a bit of more information from your end, given your, I think, your, how close you've been a bit to the history of not just banks, but generally the U.S. financial markets. Yeah, I think in terms of the consumer being affected by what's going on in the financial system or not, this goes back to why I was saying, I think it's a little too soon to tell what the impacts are going to be. 
it's the end of the quarter this week. And so you'll start to see, or whatever happened to banks balance sheets will be locked in here for reporting at the end of this week. And then we'll start to see reports from like First Republic and we'll have to see exactly how much in deposits they've lost. And depending on what their financials look like when they report earnings, that could catalyze another issue for the banking system. Or potentially in the other way, maybe First Republic has, has stabilized in some way or been able, will be able to show solid financials, which could catalyze a bounce of the stock as well. So there's going to be a lot of data basically that's coming over the next four weeks that will give us a better sense of really where we are with respect to this financial stress and its impact on the economy will be a flow through. So thankfully for our listeners and readers, they will be right here to cover all those bank earnings. This feels like the most important kind of bank earnings season in a long time. Everyone is focused a bit more on banks than has been in a long time. I think ever since I started at least working with you on the transfer, I've never felt banks become this important in the system. I missed out maybe on the financial crisis while there with the transcript, but now we're here. But one thing that I wanted to ask, is it common for the Federal Reserve here to say, a bank's failure was actually down to poor management. That was a very direct statement. I was a bit surprised by that. Yeah, I was a bit surprised by that one as well. But yeah, I think this is a lot like in 2008 in terms of you don't really think about banks or your deposits or your immediate short-term liquidity. You don't really think about it until you do think about it. And then it becomes something that you focus very heavily on and have to figure out what your risk mitigation plans are around managing all of that short-term liquidity. And that's what happened in SVB. They, they didn't think about the short-term liquidity needs until they did have to. And just was a wave that hit them so fast that the institution couldn't adjust and couldn't survive. I think it's interesting with respect to that, there were a few comments and quotes that we picked up this week about the speed that the bank run happened. You and I have talked about that in past podcasts. And I think regulators are thinking about how do we adapt to a world in which mobile banking allows people to move, move deposits from anywhere at any time very rapidly. And so this will be, this will be a key area of potential new regulation for banking regulators. I think going forward also, I think an area that even the Fed chair also talked about, they're going to look very closely at bank regulations. I think it's been a bit of a, uh, like it's been almost 15 years since the financial crisis. Maybe a bit of a complacency has set into the system. So I think it's maybe time to have a relook at some of those regulations and all. But then again, what happens is that we regulate a particular area and then risks appear in a different area. So as you said, so later was about very risk and then we regulated that. And now it's about duration risk and duration mismatch and all. So I think the next sort of risk may not be what we think. But beyond banks, is there anything else you picked up in earnings? No, it was a light week for earnings. But honestly, this weekend, for whatever reason, Whatever advancements are happening in AI continue to strike me as a major theme running through not only the technology sector, but starting to creep into potentially economic conversations as well. The pace of change that's happened just since October, November, whenever ChatGPT was first launched is pretty incredible. And if you go through your Twitter feed and just see all of the things that people are starting to create with AI. Uh, already and then projecting forward even six, nine, 12 more months. There's a lot of things that are going to change in this world and in this economy. And so I was reading an interview with Stan Maltman, the CEO of OpenAI, and him talking about it's only a matter of time where there's some sort of economic impact from this. That's something that I was really feeling this weekend. And honestly, it 
starts to um, starts to color even my my interpretation of the banking stress that this is going to overwhelm all of this. And in some ways, I've been thinking like this could be the last traditional recession we ever see. So I don't know. I may just be drinking too much Kool Aid, but it's really good me. A comment I saw somewhere was about maybe a bit of a crest in terms of the wave, in terms of, I mean, in terms of AI adoption and also think like this is like the height. And I was looking at earnings calls this weekend. In terms of excitement in earnings calls and all these like conferences, every company is definitely talking about how they're adopting. A common question, of course, from analysts and how the CEOs and the executives are responding is mostly how they are adapting to the, to the era of AI. And we saw two quotes there from Nvidia CEO and Microsoft co-founder, all excited about this period. So it feels like there is something happening. Even us at the transcript, we're really thinking about it very actively on how uh, maybe one day we may not need to be reading transcripts, we just be reading summaries or transcripts at the end of the day. So I think that's, it's something that we're exploring for us and definitely everyone is exploring about it. So I think, as you said, AI is a very important thing that we should all consider. Any other thing that we should maybe think about? Before yeah, I think I wanted to point out one thing for your listeners in the Nuggets of Wisdom section, which also mm-hmm. came from that conversation with Sam, which was about what he saw in OpenAI that got him really excited. And I think this is something that is a really important insight that people should be looking at because it's a very differentiated investment strategy. And really the basic insight was that he saw the performance of GPT-2 and saw that it, what it could do and bet on its ability to scale and then just put way more money behind it than uh, most people rationally would have done. And so if you're looking at some of these basic technologies, one of which would be like Helion's approach to fusion and see progressing data that's scaling in small scale rather than doing that incrementally, progressing the scaling incrementally, just going ahead and taking a big swing at it is something that I think Sam has done very differently than most people who are allocating capital and created a world-changing result out of it. It's something that there's an opportunity to do more of that probably within, within the economy and technology development broadly. So it's something worth pointing out and something worth thinking about for our, our listeners. That's a powerful point, I think, to close out. I think if you see a good opportunity in some of these emerging technologies, take a swing at it and take it a full swing. You only leave life once anyway. Actually, did. So that's a good place to close out in terms of positivity. Keep it here on the Transcript Podcast. We will definitely be following the earning season and hosting a couple of maybe feature spaces to discuss some of these emerging issues, especially AI and the banking stress issues. Until next time, bye from us.